Hello, and welcome to The Coach's Corner, sponsored by Calibrated Physical Therapy. We are on a mission to help 100,000 youth volleyball athletes avoid injuries before 2030. The best way we can do this is educate the people who have the most contact with youth volleyball athletes, and that's the coach. Please know that the information in this discussion is for educational purposes only. It is not a diagnosis or treatment. You are advised to seek medical attention if you are having pain or need further examination. Thank you for listening and helping all of us at Calibrated Physical Therapy to help reach our goal and keep these kids safe. Hey everyone, what's up? I'm Dr. Ashley Shaw, physical therapist and volleyball enthusiast. I'm joined by a really special guest today. Um, we're going to be talking all about nutrition and how to eat for tournament day. So I'm going to go ahead and let him introduce himself. Hey, so uh, thank you very much. Um, my name is Dan. I am a registered dietitian. I also have my uh, master's degree in human nutrition. Um, I, you know, generally work one-on-one with clients, you know, for their nutrition, especially athletes, uh, while also working in a clinical population. And I'm also actually a competitive powerlifter myself. So, you know, I'm actually an athlete myself. So uh, fueling athletes is definitely, you know, a pretty big passion of mine. So happy to be here. Yeah, I'm super stoked to have you on the on the podcast yeah. with us here today, Dan. Um, I've been wanting to get with nutritionists because I think this is a big component that is missing from athletes' lives, right? Like, especially um, in smaller clubs or even bigger clubs, most athletes don't really know how to eat to fuel themselves, right? They just go out there and eat or they're told a bunch of nonsense and there's no real science behind it. So I'm really yeah. excited to have you on today. Thank you so much for taking time out and joining us. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Absolutely. All right. So let's go ahead and jump into some of these questions I have for you. Um, it's going to be all about tournament days. So our coaches and, and athletes that may hear this, this is basically just a breakdown of just some of the best things you can do for yourself on tournament days or weekends, uh, mostly. So let's talk about what should the athletes focus on to eat the night before, like the night before meal. I know whenever I was a um, pretty competitive athlete, my coaches are always like carb up and I'm kind of like, I don't do that great when I heavy carbo load, like me personally, but what's just some general guidelines here that would be a great for most people. We're not talking about people with specialty population, no, no diabetes or any, this is just, you are baseline, um, no comorbidities. You don't have anything else to really worry about. No dietary restrictions. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I appreciate that you mentioned that, you know, we kind of have that traditional paradigm of carb loading the night before, but you mentioned that, you know, on, on an individual level, you might have some differences in what people tolerate. So, you know, with any of these recommendations, it's very important to keep in mind, um, you know, what works best for just the general on average population might have to be adjusted for individuals just based on what works for them. Um, you know, that said, uh, the night before, you'd really want to ensure that you're eating a meal that provides enough just calories in general, just enough energy in general and, and carbohydrate, especially kind of, as you mentioned, um, you know, carbohydrate is, especially for our athletes is really going to be the foundation um, of most of our meals right before and during the tournament uh, weekend, you know, with, with protein and fat in there as well. So those are important as well, but basically we have carbohydrate stored in our muscles and our liver in the form of something called glycogen and that glycogen that stored carbohydrate actually helps us to maintain our performance during training, during exercise, during these tournaments, um, you know, when we're expending a lot of energy. So, you know, unless your athletes are waking up in the middle of the night to eat, I'm assuming they aren't, um, they're probably going to be 
tapping into some of those glycogen stores, especially in the liver, while they're sleeping. Because when you're sleeping, you know, you're not eating, you have to maintain blood sugar within your normal range. So you're, um, you know, taking from some of those stores. Uh, so that's why, you know, it's, it's important to have a sufficient uh, amount of carbohydrates in the evening to kind of, you know, make up for that. Um, with getting some adequate protein and fat as well, just, just some actual examples. Uh, I don't know, just like a cup of whole wheat pasta with some low fat cheese, olive oil, lean meat, you know, it's kind of a balanced meal as, it, as an example, it could be something as simple as a turkey sandwich with cheese uh, with some pretzels and hummus. So again, you're getting that carbohydrate from pretzels and bread in a sandwich, uh, turkey sandwich that would have protein in it, hummus and cheese, that'll get you some fats or, um, you know, brown rice with uh, uh, meat like chicken and a type of vegetable oil. So, you know, th- I mean, those are just a few examples. You could think of a million combinations, but having something that's carbohydrate based, um, but you're also getting just that, that also those sufficient uh, high quality pro- uh, proteins and, and fats. Um, that's really what we're looking for. You know, we do want to keep in mind individual differences. Like you mentioned that sometimes you might have some GI upset, maybe if you had a huge carbohydrate meal or just a huge meal the night before. So it's also about knowing yourself, you know, um, because yeah, for some people having eating too much the night before can cause GI symptoms and that's not good for performance and just for just feeling good, you know? So one practical suggestion would be, you know, maybe having your athletes try out different sized meals the day before, practices or something to kind of see what works for them like before the actual tournament or if they've competed in tournaments before to kind of think oh well that didn't work maybe this will work uh maybe you have like a bigger lunch the day before you know so so there so i guess what i'm trying to say is there's a lot of flexibility there um but you know that's just kind of a very rough heuristic if if that makes sense yeah that makes a ton of sense like i like how you're saying okay you do want to have carbs and you do want to have fats and you do want to have a protein i'm not hearing you say that you want to eat a lot of sugary items this isn't the type of meal that you would go and eat um let's say a big ice cream and get your carbohydrates in in some ice cream right like you're saying let's balance out a little bit more with some fats and proteins to help the liver yeah, yeah, or just just in general, we just we just want to be eating balanced meals in general, just for for general health. That makes is just just something we should be doing anyway, you know. And, and we don't even have to stray too much from what we would typically do, which would generally be a, a well balanced dinner. Um, we're just focusing a little bit more on the carbohydrates, um, but you know, we don't have to do anything super crazy, you know. Yeah, so that's great. So, what about hydration? So how how do these athletes? Because you're, I mean, you're expending and sweating a lot in a tournament day because you're, you're, you're go, 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 go. So how do these athletes prepare to hydrate throughout days before or even the, the weekend day of? Yeah. So that's something, whether you're an athlete or whether you're a coach or a parent, you do, you do need to be very aware of because, I mean, dehydration can have a drastic impact on performance and mood. You know, so, so fluid needs vary from person to person. So again, it's hard to just make a hard and fast recommendation. Um, you know, so just, just, um, you know, as some examples, sweat rates. So, right. We, we lose fluid as we sweat, right. So sweat rates vary, um, you know, one to four pounds of fluid per hour. That just depends on, on, on the size of the person, you know, larger people in hot climates might sweat more than smaller people in cooler climates. 
right? So if you're a coach or an athlete, you want to keep that in mind. If it's really hot and humid, um, you'll need to be even more mindful of hydration if it's, as opposed to if it's a cooler day, right? Um, so ideally kind of keeping those sweat rates in mind, uh, you want to be drinking uh, close to a hundred percent of the fluids you're losing through sweat, right? So right. if you lose a pound of fluids through sweat, you'd want to drink 16 ounces of fluid. So that's just a kind of a standard water bottle, right? Cause a pound, 16 ounces. Um, uh, now it's, it obviously I could say, Oh, drink a pound, like 16 ounces of fluids, depending on how much you're sweating. Most people don't know how many right. pounds of sweat they're, they're, they're sweating. So, um, one potential, uh, way to figure that out. And again, this might be this, I don't know how practical this is, but maybe, ahead of time, uh, if you did, if you were an athlete and you did want to, um, and, and you were comfortable with doing so, weighing yourself uh, before practice and then sweating a bunch of weighing yourself after, that would give you an idea of how much you sweat. Now, again, not all athletes might want to weigh themselves for other reasons, and that's totally fine. Um, but, you know, that, that would just be one way that you could figure out how much fluid you're actually losing through sweat. Um, you know, and another thing to keep in mind is that, you know, we could just say, um, you know, eat to your, or drink to your thirst. So if you feel thirsty, then you know that you need to drink more, but, um, exercise can sometimes actually blunt our sense of thirst. Um, so unfortunately just drinking when we're thirsty sometimes might not be reliable. It might, we might be already dehydrated by the time we're thirsty. So, I mean, if you're thirsty, you should definitely drink, but, um, just, just to understand that is important. Um, you know, some other indicators of dehydration, um, as weird as it sounds, actually the color of an athlete's urine is a really good indicator of how hydrated you are. So if the urine is a deep color or deep yellow, that means it's concentrated and, and the athlete is probably dehydrated, you know, like first thing in the morning, oftentimes, uh, when we do go to the bathroom, it's that deeper color. Uh, because we haven't been drinking all night. We're a bit dehydrated, right? Um, whereas if it's okay. kind of a, a clearer color or pale yellow, um, that indicates we're properly hydrated. I know it's kind of a weird thing to go by, but you know, I, I think with hydration, that's something that we really want to be on top of. So that's another thing, you know, we can at least ask our athletes to look at, you know, if, if we're feeling fatigued, we have a headache, feel lethargic, those are signs of dehydration. I think those are great indicators right there just alone for a coach to say, hey, listen, if you if you go to the restroom on a tournament day and and you go look in the at your urine for a second and it's deep yellow, like let's go ahead and set you out maybe a play and let you get hydrated instead of just running you, running you, running you. Because you could get some of these deeper symptoms. Should what should the athlete reach for? Like it you know there's sports drinks galore out there. So is water still the best option? Especially, let's let's do a, a scenario there for that. So let's say um, the tournament's gone on and they've been going pretty strong since 8 a.m. It's it's eight. They've eaten maybe one or two meals and they've played. I don't know somewhere between three and four hours total worth of play, and they're starting to feel these kind of things. Like, should they reach for something that has some sugar in it or some electrolytes, or is water still your best option? Or like can they cut it between water and I don't know, Gatorade or Powerade or whatever body armor? Yeah. So, so yeah, so it's, it's interesting. I know you mentioned sugar a little bit before and, you know, traditionally we're taught like, Oh, sugar is bad. You know, 
sugary drinks are bad and you know well, well we shouldn't just in general we shouldn't be drinking tons and tons of sugary drinks this when it comes to intense exercise especially with younger athletes um we, we don't want to be sort of worrying too much about like oh sugar it's bad we don't want to really worry too much about that um you know especially if you're spending a lot of energy you're losing a lot of fluids we want to make sure we're getting our athletes the nutrients they need the fluids they need the electrolytes they need um and not worry too much about if something is sugary or not because um sugar is it it, it really is is just a form of it's carbohydrate really like when we eat carbohydrates it breaks down into sugar breaks down into glucose and we need that right so so just kind of keeping that in mind to get your to your question i mean water is great i actually certain sports drinks that that do have electrolytes in them like a gatorade or something like that i actually think in this case would be a, a very good option because not only are they providing you with the fluids that are really important they're also providing you with some electrolytes so basically um, you know, when we sweat, we lose electrolytes, sodium, potassium, calcium, and magnesium. We lose those in our sweat and we need those. Those need to be replenished. Um, so Gatorade or, or a sports drink like that provides some of those. Um, in fact, I, I actually think that in addition to a, a sports drink, uh, you might also want to have some salty snacks on hand, like maybe pretzels or something like that, because that'll get help replenish the salt. Because salt's another one where traditionally we think, up oh, like, eating tons of salt isn't good but in in this context of sweating a lot exercising a lot we need to replenish the sodium we're losing so we actually salt is kind of our friend so you know having i mean what we should definitely have plain water available cold water available but we should also have some of those sports drinks available the gatorade the powerade um, as well as some uh, salty snacks like pretzels to help replenish the sodium as well as um, stuff with potassium in it, like bananas or something like that. So yeah, and also sports drinks have carbohydrate in them. They have sugar, which in this case, we, we want to be replenishing our carbohydrates. We want to be getting those nutrients in because, you know, we're, we're burning so much energy. We just need to uh, replenish that. Um, and, and sugar in this case is totally fine. So uh, I don't know if that answers your question hopefully it does, it does. i mean yeah. water is great but but we also want to also look behind that and uh, beyond that and, and uh, make sure we're replenishing everything we need yeah i think that's a great breakdown so i'm, I'm going to kind of back it up a little bit and recap um and say okay so hydration we're looking for watching how much you sweat like if you as an athlete like if you're a heavy sweater you need to drink more you know yourself kind of as an athlete, like how you do, like if you leave practice and your shirt's drenched and, and your friend Sally over here barely has armpit sweat, well, guess what? Sally doesn't need as much water as you. She doesn't need to worry yeah. about hydration as much as you do. You may need to drink two or three times as much as Sally based on how much you sweat as an athlete. Um, and that's something to think about too. Like if you're a coach and you call a timeout and one of your athletes is pounding water and the other one's barely taking sips, well, guess what? That athlete probably needs to sit down and drink a little bit more before the next match so that he or she is ready to play, right? And rehydrated, yeah. won't get that headache, won't become fatigued, will still have the power reserves and the energy to, to go ahead and, and play the match. Um, next thing is you're, you're talking about um, making sure we're getting something other than water as well on those long, heavy days, especially if you're a sweater, right? If you sweat a lot, like you might need to work some Gatorade, Powerade, any of those 
sports drink. I would not recommend like like overanalyzing how much sugar is in is in something or so, like oh, 40 grams or 20 grams. I, um, you know, in this case, we're already expending so much energy that the sugar is just mm-hmm. replenishing that, right? It's not. It's it's just giving us more calories and, and more carbohydrate that we're using anyway. We're expending that energy anyway. In this I case, it actually is. It is. It's it's not. Yeah, we do, it, it's not even something I'd really worry about. I love that. I only ask the same question because I know I work with a lot of youth um, athletes in general, and there is body image issues that happen between men and women, so girls and boys. Um, they each have their issues with it. And so I've worked with several athletes that have eating disorders, both boys and girls, and I love to hear this, that, you know what, don't worry about it. Just go out there and, and play to your potential because this is fuel. You're fueling yes. your body. And if you don't fuel your body, you cannot perform. And that's what I'm hearing from you. It's just reassurance and reassurance and reassurance that, you know what, you don't need to think about it. You need to go out there and you need to perform. And these are the things that you can do to perform well. Yeah. And I, and, and I, I, yes. Yeah. And I, I actually really appreciate you saying that because it's, that's something that we need to be mindful of, especially with youth athletes is the body image stuff and, and, that we we really want to make sure that we are sending our our youth positive messages um, because they're very, um, you know, they they could be easily influenced in that way. And we want to just be, just be very careful with with how we portray things. We want to be really careful not to demonize certain foods or not to demonize sugar. and, And I mean, we can promote healthy, you know, foods, foods that are beneficial, right? Just in general speaking, apart from toy mix, like fruits, vegetables, you know, you know, the field, but um, yeah, we want to be very careful with our messaging um, and that we are um, help helping our youth athlete athletes to see the good in themselves and to see that what they're doing it, it, with their sport is awesome. And that it's just, it's, it's that they should just be very proud regardless of like the winning or the losing. Cause that's, that's beside the point, but just the fact that they're doing this and the fact that they are um, competing in this is awesome. And just to, just to make sure that we are supporting their self-confidence and self-efficacy. And in my opinion, just like demonizing certain foods or, or just like having them like carefully read food labels is not what we want to be doing. So we just really want to be very, very mindful of that. And especially if you do have athletes that have those, um, tendencies, either uh, diagnosed eating disorders or disordered eating, we want to make sure they're getting other help that they need from medical professionals that deal with that specifically. So I know that's a bit aside from this, but sure. I, I, since you brought it up, I think that's very, very, very important. Um, I would say as important, maybe more important than the you know optimal performances is our youth's psychological health. Yeah. And I think that's a big, a big component that happens around food, at least what I see um, and, and who I treat. Um, I tend to see quite a bit of young athletes who already have these preconceived notions about what is healthy eating. And it's so messed up sometimes. Like there's so many people out there that tell you, oh, don't do this, don't do that, don't do that. But I think I always try to say, okay, like I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not a registered dietitian. But I do know that a balanced meal makes a big difference. And, and finding that balance in each person is a little bit differently. But if they're having these phobias about eating or, or eating too much and purging kind of deal, uh, we definitely want to make sure they get help. If you have an athlete that has that, you can reach out to myself or I'm sure you can reach out to Dan here and 
um, at the end we'll put our contact info but we would love to connect them and connect you with people in your area that could help um, because if you notice this in your athletes you'll you'll definitely see a drop in performance um, and there might even be some mood changes and things. So that's just my PSA and, and Dan did a good PSA too for a soapbox. So yeah. we're gonna get back, we're gonna get back on topic here about tournament days, but yeah. that's something that you if you're talking about food, you also need to talk about that. Um, and that's, sure. that should not be taken lightly or overlooked. So coach, mm -hmm. if you see some folks, um, you definitely need to talk to the parent and let them know what's going on um, and do it tactfully, do it tactfully, especially if the child has come to you or the adolescent has come to you as a trusted person in their life. Um, you don't know that maybe their parents are shaming them or something, but you can definitely, I mean, because they're a youth athlete, you don't, you can't go out of your way and, and say, okay, go do this because everywhere they go, they're going to need um, their parents' permission and, and sign off to see any kind of medical professional. So it definitely needs to be have a conversation tactfully with the parent without losing trust. So that's, that's really hard. And I could do a whole nother topic on that. Um, but let's get back on topic here and talk about tournament weekends. You mentioned yeah. pretzels as a snack. What are some other snacks that could be relatively quick between between games when there's maybe a, a 15 to 20 minute turnaround that are not going to really upset a stomach of someone who's, you know, that don't take a long time to break down kind of, right? So they're not going to take and, and give you cr and less chance that you're going to get stomach cramping or like stitches yeah. in your side, right? Yeah, so for that 10 or 15 minute window, well, Beyond the hydration, so the Gatorade, the you know the liquids and, and the fluids, um, we'd want if we're we'd want to choose snacks that are pretty low in food weight, so they're actually physically lighter, right, um, and, and easy to digest. So pretzels are a good example. I actually would say like uh, even some types of candy that are particularly like the non-fat candies because those digest quicker quickly, like like a Twizzlers or something like that. Um, you know, in those cases, those, those candies that are mostly just like sugar are actually not bad, um, because they, they're just very light. They digest quickly. They have a good amount of calories, which is not bad, right? We, they, people, you hear cat people are like, oh, calories need to reduce calories. Calories are energy. We need energy. So, um, you know, a, a, a candy such as that, you know, maybe some dried fruit or something like that, or raisins, because those are also pretty concentrated um, very easy to carry and, and hold and store. Um, and, and they're, because they're so light, they're less likely to give you those cramps. Um, you know, when we're talking about that 10 to 15 minute window, I would kind of go with options like that. But, but I mean, on the hierarchy of what to have, I mean, really the hydration with, with, you know, electrolytes and, um, stuff like that would probably be first, but, but definitely, um, if we can get, get some of those other other foods in just to get some more carbs, some more calories that can be beneficial. What about fruits, right? Because they provide a nice sugar. What about, I used to always eat frozen grapes. That was like my in-between quick snack because I could get, I felt like it gave me some fluid from the juice and it gave mm -hmm. me a nice burst because it was, you know, sugary. But also I'm yeah. a crunch person. So like, I like the crunch. So like my, it kept me from eating Cheetos. How about that? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like when I was doing heavy tournaments and, and all day tournaments, I was like, Oh, can we eating frozen grapes and, and um, banana actually helped me from just yeah. reaching for Cheetos, which really didn't help me a whole lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think, I mean, fruit's a great option. I know um, when we're talking about that 10 to 15 minute turnaround, we, um, the one thing with fruit is that since it's high in fiber um, and it's mm -hmm. like kind of heavier, it's which typically is good, you know, like fiber is yeah. a good thing, but just like if, if we're going to have like 10 minutes between, you know, exercise bouts, we might not want to have like an apple 
just because it adjusts, it'll like get cramps, you know. But um, yeah, banana is great. It's got that potassium too, uh, which is another electrolyte we need to um, to replenish. Grapes are, are great too. Those are, are relatively easy to digest. So yeah, I mean, fruits, the way you want to go. Fruits also got uh, sugar, which is not a bad thing, uh, you know, carbohydrates. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think fruit is great too. I love fruit. So um yeah, and it's relatively portable as well. I think I think that's a great option also. Yeah. Another thing I was thinking is um what about like green pepper and hummus or like sliced cucumber and hummus? What about something like that? Would that still be pretty balanced or would that fall under heavier things with the bean and the hummus? I would say I mean in general those are good options, certainly. Um if you're if it's like ten to 15 minutes between um just in that range um it because you know the hummus it's higher and it's it's got some healthy fats so it, i mean that's good but um that takes a little bit longer to digest the the, the i think you said cucumber like like that mm-hmm. it's got the fiber and, and stuff which yeah um yeah. you know I, I i maybe you won't end up getting cramped you might get a little bit like if, if you're going to be having that and immediately be exercising hard you might want something that's a little lighter um but you know okay. like the, day of or maybe after or before definitely you know um something more like if you have like an hour yeah like you have like an hour or something that'd be a better option but those quick turnarounds let's keep it pretty light and keep it calorie calorie dense and a little bit more sugary light calorie dense and a little more sugary what about when they have bigger breaks like say they have a two two and a half hour break and it can actually be a meal what kind of what kind of balance are we looking for then yeah so then i mean you've got really a whole array of options and to some extent I mean, really, the athlete will know best what they can tolerate. I mean, you have that two to two and a half hours. Um, you know, I mean, if they had like a super heavy pasta meal, that that might be a bit harder to digest and two hours might not be enough. But the a- athlete would know what's best. Any snack options that you want to bring, like any types of fruits, um, if people don't have allergies, like nuts are, are a good thing to bring or peanut butter, peanut butter sandwiches, Um you know, they have those tuna packets that are, are portable and are a great source of protein. Um, you know, you could look at the hummus or, or um, you know, uh, hard-boiled eggs, cheese sticks, um, granola, dry cereal. I mean, you, you've got really a array, an array of options. And if you're looking at like a meal, like you want to actually go somewhere and have a meal, I mean, I would kind of say just, just a, a balanced meal where you're, it's carbohydrate-centered but you're still getting also a good source of protein, be it from like a lean meat or, you know, a fish or something like that. And, and some, some fats in there too. Um, I don't think that just, 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 you know, it doesn't have to be anything too special or, or anything like that. I mean, I think you've really got plenty of options. I think, again, it just depends on, you know, two to two and a half hours. It's still not a ton of time. So we do just want to be somewhat mindful of, of how heavy of a meal we're going to have, which again, just comes down to the athlete. But I, I think we've got an array of options there really. Yeah, I think so too. I know one thing that I see a lot when I go to these um, terminals, like fast food is everywhere, right? So fast food is pretty quick. And I always think it's kind of funny. Sometimes I see athletes that are like chugging a milkshake. And I always mm-hmm. think, how is this kid chugging a milkshake and about to go out there and just run and jump? And for me, I know myself, right? But, you know, this kid may be 11, 12 years old, and that's where they like it, right? So they're getting their milkshake from wherever. And I'm just kind of like, how the heck is that possible? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know my, I would probably 
look, I, I don't want to say that you can't have anything, you can't have something or, or you know, uh, I would be, especially with something like a milkshake, I would be, if you're going to be like exercising, like not too long after that, I just for digestion and, and being able to hold it down, I might be considered um, going with something else. But um, yeah, I mean, I guess it, 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 it kind of just depends, depends on, on the individual. Yeah, and if they felt like crap afterwards or not, right? If that kid, if right. kiddo has yeah. been complaining of a stomach cramp, maybe uh, yeah. we give them a different option besides a milkshake. Sure, you can still have maybe ice cream. Maybe just eat like a small ice cream cone and, and eat a sandwich or something with it instead of just having the milkshake in the two-hour time span that we have. Because you got to think you had to go get that or your parent went and got it. If your parent stayed and watched your whole match, then they're leaving right after. You're just sitting there hanging out with friends. Um, I always kind of think like what are some quick – quick things that I know a lot of times these clubs and, and teams have snack parents or that are in charge of bringing stuff. So hopefully this can give them like an idea or, or maybe a little list or something that can, that, that this coach can start going on and say, okay, well, these are some things that we can do. You know, your team, if there's dietary restrictions, you already kind of know that. Um, and you can build around that, just trying to balance the meal out and think, okay, we're, we're going to have short days. Let's make sure we get some light snacks. And we're going to have long breaks. Let's make sure we get a good balance of carbohydrates, proteins, and fats in there during that time. Um, and each person can eat to their desire then and, and what they know. Because even early on, I think even young kids, I, I don't want to give them, I want to give them the benefit of the doubt. Most young kids know that they feel like crap if they eat certain things. But if you're going yeah. to continually offer them nothing but those things and they can keep complaining that their stomach hurts or they have headache or they feel really tired afterwards, then maybe as the adult, we stop offering so many of those things as an option, yeah. right? So that's something just to kind of cue into and say, okay, if this kiddo is really playing like doo-doo after they had lunch and they had a milkshake for lunch, well, let's mm -hmm. talk to them and say, hey, you know, I noticed, did you feel okay out there or something? Because I noticed you weren't playing as well as you were in the match before after lunch. What'd you have for lunch? Like, and it's also a good way to just kind of educate people about a balanced diet from a different perspective outside of the home instead of just your mom and dad constantly saying, like, don't eat that or don't eat this. It's like, hey, you know what? Yeah. This is your fuel. Let's educate you about how you felt when you ate and just give you other options. And maybe we talk to the snack parents and say, hey, you know what? Don't bring milkshakes. Bring, yeah. you know, bring the ice cream bar, but also bring this as well, please. Yeah, you know, we can kind of just, just like have, you know, our athletes, you know, it's like, hey, like I performed a lot better when I had, you know, a turkey sandwich, um, you know, as on, on whole wheat bread, as opposed to when I had that milkshake an hour before. Um, and then it's not even like we're, we're saying you can't have one thing or the other, but it's more of just kind of helping our athletes to observe like, oh, I feel better after this than after this. And we're kind of helping them develop um, that internal sense of, of what they feel better consuming. So we don't necessarily have to give them like strict rules as to what to eat and what not to eat. But if we can develop an intuitive sense of just, just uh, our athletes sort of knowing what makes them feel best. Um, I think that that is really what we want to be shooting for. Yeah, definitely. I agree with that completely. And it's just education along the way, helping them connect the dots. And your, your athlete, your young youth adolescent athlete, they still have choices, right? Because I like I'm saying a lot of the time, I don't feel like that athlete has choices of what to eat. It's just, okay, this is what I brought you as a parent or as a snack parent. Well, this is what's available to me. Um, I mean, when you're 10, 11 years old, there's not a whole lot of autonomy that you're like, oh, yeah, I've got money. Let me just run. Let me just run across the street over here or let me go find this restaurant. You might not even have a cell phone at that time. 
so look up what's around you and, and everything's so tech-based that you're really reliant on these adults around your life to bring you something. Um, and for you to recognize that as a youth athlete and encourage, as a coach, you encourage them to start recognizing this stuff and say, hey, how did you feel after play? You know, like we're trying to curate snacks to bring for the team. How did you all feel after you played? Like, did you feel like you had enough energy? Did you feel like you needed something more? That's a 10-minute conversation you can have while they're warming up or while you're doing stretches and one of your practices after the weekend and say, hey, you know, how did you guys feel? And then you can talk with the snack parents or talk with whoever's in charge of bringing you guys the snacks and, and stuff and, and getting meals for everybody during big tournament days and say, hey, you know what, let's try it. Can we try this strategy instead? And I know there's like a whole, whole political side of, of coaching um, that comes with parents and all this other baloney, but if you're tactful and, and you feel confident saying that stuff as a coach, I think it's behoove you to go ahead and start encouraging healthy eating habits and recognizing yeah. that food is fuel and how you feel your body matters on how you're going to perform and how you feel um, the next day. So I think that's a, a great concept that, that a lot of coaches can take and say, you know, it's not that hard. It doesn't have to be rocket science. It doesn't have to be broken down in micro and macros and how many calories is this and how many grams is that and, what is that? Just know that there's a good balance, you know, you should have a lot of representation on the plate. So what if we had to do a basic principle of, of what, what size, what size everything should be. So say someone has, they have two and a half hours. We want to make sure they eat something a little more balanced. We don't want to make sure, we want to make sure it's not super just all sugar. Right, so Twizzlers, we mentioned Twizzlers, great snack for quick turnaround, but also what's too much? Because there's going to be a point that someone hits too much. Yeah, yeah, and it's 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 a bit tough to say what's too much. It's like it's three Twizzlers, you know, what I mean? like it's, it doesn't, it's, it's, yeah. it's tough because um, different well, people about, have very, yeah. Well, how about this? Like if they have a, a whole family-sized pack of Twizzlers, and that's all the kid wants. Can we give them some other option as well? Like yeah. say they have that two and a half hours, but this child's like, oh, I have his Twizzlers. I'll be fine with Twizzlers. I was fine in between match one and two with Twizzlers, but between match one and two, there was 15 minutes. Yeah. How, yeah. Can, how yes. can we tactfully encourage that kiddo to try something else? Yeah, no, it's definitely tough if you're in a situation like that, but we'd want to hopefully have other, other things on hand, other foods, maybe a sandwich, um, on hand, or maybe if we have other foods that we know were a bit more optimal for that two and a half hour turnaround. So, you know, something that has the, the, um, carbohydrate, uh, protein, maybe a little bit of fat, um, you know, some, some, uh, some of those kind of snacks that I mentioned. And, um, especially if it's something that we know the kid likes, um, we can, you know, we could say like, Hey, like, I, I know you like those, but, um, you know, I, I really think you'll prefer be perform better and feel better if you have this um you know I'd really like you to try that um instead and, and actually if you eat like all of these twizzlers you probably end up feeling sick you know and it's tough it's tough with kids it, it's tough it's tough with kids it i is. acknowledge that it's not it, i'm sure you're going to run into situations like that where you might have a, a kid that's resistant and it's tough because we don't want to be the food police we definitely don't want to be that but at the same time we want to make sure that um you know adolescents are fueling properly, you know, for their tournaments and just that in general, they're eating in a way that is helpful. So, um, 
you know, if we can, you know, do our best to provide options that, that we think that they'll enjoy based on prior experience that, that are also um, perhaps more optimal and just in their, in, in their balance, uh, um, you know, that, that would be the way to go and maybe to have a variety of, of stuff on hand. Um, you know, if, if you have an athlete where you know that they really look up to their coach or where they, they really look up to one particular person, maybe, uh, you know, having, having that person talk to them because kids are very, are, are influenced pretty easily, uh, especially if they look up to someone. So, um, yeah, I don't know if that helps. Um, I think but, that's a but, great point. I think that's a great ending point, that message that you just said, have a variety of options, a variety of different options, uh, you know, carbohydrates, fats, proteins, sugars, drinks, have options for these children to, and these adolescents and these youth to go out there and perform because everyone likes to, to pick their favorite things. Um, and maybe as a coach, you can have them at the, you know, just write a list of some of their favorite snacks that they eat and you yeah. provide that and you provide that to the snack parents or whoever's in charge of bringing snacks. Say, hey, this is a list of what the team likes to eat, and those parents can kind of curate something around it. Yeah, you know, and have yeah. that variety. I think that would be a good idea um, myself to say, hey, you know what? Let's as a team just write down what we want, so we're prepared on tournament days, and you get what you like, and we know you're eating well um, because it's being provided for you. You're not like, oh God, I hate Twizzlers, but all I have is Twizzlers, right? Yeah. And then you're eating it, and you feel like crap because you don't like those, or you don't you don't have a connection to them. Um, so I think that's a, a great a great spot to even just stop here and say, okay, I think you've given a lot of great information and tips to people. But the biggest takeaway that I'm getting right now is make sure there's variety and don't shame. Yep. Absolutely. That's, I mean, yeah, I mean, making sure there's variety and that we can listen to our athletes. So if you, like you said, like kind of ask them beforehand, Hey, what do you like? What do you not like? Different, obviously different. Um, people have different uh, options that they like or don't like or restrictions or whatever. And, and just to make sure that we can accommodate the best that we can be reasonable. You know, we can't accommodate right. everything perfectly, you know, uh, um, but, but, you know, to the best that we can have those options and not shaming is, is huge. It's so, especially for this population, they're so, um, they're so easily influenced. Um, the last thing we want to do is be shaming, um, you know, our athletes based on, what they're eating based on their bodies. You know, we just want to be very cognizant of that. Yes. Okay, Daniel, I think that's awesome. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your knowledge with us. Um, I'm going to post, um, I'm going to write a comment of how people can get in touch with you. Is, Perfect. is there um, anything else that you'd like to add? Um, no, no, this was great. I mean, you know, as far as contacting me, um, I'm actually probably the best way to get in contact with me is on Instagram. I'm at power lift your dietitian uh, okay um so th so that's probably where I'm, I'm most active but um yeah no I, I mean I'm you know hopefully um hopefully this this uh, information was helpful for coaches or for athletes because it's it's really an important subject you know you know to um ensure that we're fueling properly and, and that we're also being tactful and 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 in the, in the way that we communicate with with our uh, adolescent athletes that that we are that we're tactful and careful All right, that concludes our episode all about nutrition. I want to give a huge shout out to Dan. Thank you so much for coming on and educating us all a little bit more about how we can fuel these athletes for performance. 
Coach, I want to talk to you about um, how influential what you say is. I think Dan and I both got across how passionate we are about making sure body dysmorphia and shaming does not happen around food. And you, Coach, have a lot of influence in what you say. So please take this information learned here. Really talk with your athletes about what kind of snacks they like and set them up for success. All right, if you'd like to get a hold of Dan, you can reach him via his Instagram, powerlifterdietitian. Or you can look at his website, danfeldmanrd.com. Or you can email him at dan, D-A-N, at danfeldmanrd.com. D-A-N-F-E-L-D-M-A-N-R-D.com. Thank you again, Dan, and thank you, Coach, for listening. Hope you have a great rest of your day.